Good morning, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody this morning? Amen. Praise God. It is a wonderful day to be together in the house of the Lord. We are going to have a great time getting into the Word today. We have a baby dedication going on, so we're really excited about that. We always love uh, celebrating new babies in the congregation, so it's going to be absolutely awesome. Let's go ahead and stand up together this morning, and we are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, and then we'll have a little meet and greet time together. Amen? Let's do it. Amen. Uh, where's it? There we go. All right. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a few minutes here for a little meet and greet time. So go find somebody, give them a nice handshake, fist bump, high five, and especially a hug. You know, whatever. I mean, spread the love. Let's go.
this morning. I'm so glad you're here. You can be seated. You can be seated. We love you. So, membership is tonight, friends. Yeah. And in case you didn't have a good 4th of July party, uh, there'll be 22 of you at membership class. So, we'll just have a good party, okay? We'll just have a good old party. Um, membership t- is tonight at four o'clock in Victory Hall. Um, if you have turned 18 in the last year or two and are serving, please retake membership. Um, because you know, now you're ad- an adult and now you need to go back through and look with adult eyes at it. But if you are interested in learning more about the church, more about what we believe and how we work, how things function around here, or if you're interested in getting connected and serving here, this is the class that you need to go to. And it's quality time with Pastor Dave. And there's always food. There's always food. It's a good thing. Food, food, food. Speaking of quality time with your pastors, your oversight pastor's birthday is Monday the 17th. Okay, yes. So we're doing a church barbecue on the 16th next Sunday evening. Um, so there won't be service, but there will be food and cake and ice cream. So it'll be really good. But here's the thing. It's his birthday. So we want to love him on his birthday. So... You can bring your cards then. You can bring your love then and bring whatever gifts you're going to bring then. Okay. So if you're going to bless him, that's the service to do that. So don't miss it. Okay. Cake, ice cream, your job's to bring your card. Cool. Got it. Everyone nod. Okay. Good deal. Baptisms are going to be Sunday the 30th. And we are just so excited about that. There are so many teenagers and so many kids who this is their opportunity to stand for Jesus right before school starts. So this is really, really a good time and a good time to bring your family in. So we're excited about that happening on Sunday the 30th. And that will be available in the morning and evening service should we need to. Oh, we're passing around the the barbecue clipboard as well. Um... Alex Church, it, where's he at? Hi, that guy, this guy right here, our media guy, media director, is inviting us all to a Christian music festival that he's playing in, in Adelanto on July 29th at the Adelanto Stadium, right? Used to be where the, where the Mavericks played, right? Um, it is free and it's at 10 a.m. on July 29th, so Saturday, July 29th. Alex will be out there playing bass. Yeah? Cool. Okay. Well, that's all we've got for announcements today. If you are with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, can you wave at me? I'm so glad to have you with us today. (laughs) Okay. I don't think we have any noobs today. No newbies. We love you. And we're so glad to call you family. We have a very precious thing happening this morning. We have a baby dedication happening this morning. This is how we grow the church and grow the kingdom. So excited about that. Amen. All right. So, yes, we have a baby dedication for a little lady that is just about five weeks old. So, Robert and Angelica Browning, come on up with us this morning. Amen. And little Gia, we are so excited about this. Amen. And we'll have the... uh, And the rest of the Browning family. Yeah, all the rest of the... 
If you're related to Including them. Including that sound guy, please. Up. <laughs> Amen. We'll get all the, the Browning family up here together. Yeah. Amen. Uh, please don't. Oh, my mic's on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. All right. Yeah, we're super excited about this. Oh, my goodness. So Rob and Angelica are part of our church. They live down in Menifee, uh, but they're with us about once a month and then online all the time. So uh, they're a part of this church family, and they are members here, and uh, we love them so much. Amen. Is this all of you? Or the, other, the others are serving in classes somewhere probably, right? Oh, here comes more. I knew there was a lot of you. Here we go. All right. Amen. And the rest are uh, serving in areas in the church this morning, I'm sure. So, amen. Well, praise God. Yes, we're excited about this moment. And, uh, you know, this is one of the most exciting uh, celebrations that any church can have is celebrating uh, new babies being born into the church. And that seems to be a pretty common thing at this church. So we're in good standing right there. But uh, but we're very excited about little Gia uh, being dedicated this morning. And... Uh, uh, and just that the whole family gets to be here. And this is a big moment that they are choosing at the very beginning of her life to say that she is going to be raised according to the Bible and in the ways of God. And uh, that they're making a public stand of this. And, uh, and it's, a very, it's a very big deal uh, when you go out on the limb and say, hey, uh, we're saying this in front of everybody, that this baby girl is going to be raised a true Christian and according to the word of God. And, uh, and we don't take that lightly. Amen. Right. So again, uh, today we're going to be dedicating Gia Madison Browning. Amen. And uh, she's about five weeks old, I think, in there somewhere. Yeah. Five, six weeks old. Yeah. And so uh, I want to remind us today, though, that this isn't just some tradition or ceremony that we do just because we've got nothing else to do. But this is a serious moment in the lives of these parents and and uh, and the baby and the whole family and also for all of the church family. And whether we realize it yet or not, God already has his plans for this young life right here. And we may not know exactly what those plans are, uh, but we know that they are definitely good plans. Because uh, the Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And so the first time that the Lord met Gia wasn't five or six weeks ago. He, the Lord knew Gia before she was even formed in her mother's womb. It says, before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And so the scripture clearly tells us that before a person is even born, God already has a plan on their life and already has decided what he wants for uh, this person to do. And that's the same for every single uh, one of us in here today. And that's why we take life so seriously. I know I'm ringing. Uh, that's why we take life so seriously and believe that every human life is important and matters. And we always stand up for human life and for the unborn. Amen. And so it's an important thing to the Lord. 
But notice what God said right here. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And so God knows us before we're even conceived. And Jeremiah is not the only one that God had an appointed plan for. God has a call on Gia's life too. And it's our job to help her reach that call someday whenever that time comes. And so we also understand that uh, as we dedicate her today, this is not her salvation experience. Uh, She's going to come to a point in her life when she gets older where she is allowed to choose Jesus for herself. She will have to make that choice someday. And we're confident that as she's raised the right way, according to the Bible and according to to, uh, the godly uh, morals that her parents are instilling, that she's going to make the right choice. And I'm going to share one more verse with us today from Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so we are confident in that today, that as she's raised in the way she should go, according to Proverbs 22, 6, she'll make the right choice when she's older and she will never, ever depart from that. And she's going to serve God all the days of her life. Can we get an amen today? Amen. Well, I'm going to have my dad, Pastor Samples, uh, do the honor of laying hands on her and uh, praying over her. What a, what a wonderful, wonderful day. All this godly family surrounded this new life here. And I, I, I think about this as we, pray, as we pray for Gia. I look at the family here. I mean, man, she's in a win-win situation. Born again, Holy Ghost filled, love of the word of God. Christians walk in love, walk in faith. Know the redeemed from the curse of the law. Know that the blessing of Abraham through Jesus Christ belongs to them. Gia has no choice. But to win in life, yeah. things gonna be made. Things gonna be made around her. The environment that she's always gonna know right from wrong, and have the power within her to choose right. Yes. Every time, every time, every time. Extend your hands this way as we pray. Pray blessings over this beautiful child. Father, we want to thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, little Gia came into this world not by chance, but by choice. Lord, she was planned. Came on purpose. And Father, your word tells us, like Pastor Dave just said. But we train up a child in the way she should go. When she's old, she'll not depart from it. Lord, that doesn't mean she'll uh, go, walk away, then come back. You said when she's old, she'll not depart. It means she'll stay with the plan. She'll stay with you all the days of her life. And, Lord, you told us, we saw it in the Old Testament, sin in the New, that when holy people of faith lay hands on children, Lord, and pronounce a blessing just like Jesus did, good things happen. We release the blessing of God anointed God into her life on this family. And Father, we just want to thank you. Sickness, disease, addictions will stay far from her, Lord. They'll never have a hold on her life. That dad and mom, dad and mom will continue to be the role model example they're supposed to be. That pastor will talk quieter so he doesn't disturb her. Lord, we just want to thank you in the name of Jesus that the blessing is here. It's going to stay And Father, lay hands on dad and mom. And I want to thank you, Lord, for the love of God they walk in. There's always going to be peace, harmony in this home. And this little girl is going to know what the love of God is because they just have to watch dad and mom and the people they hang out with and they'll know how to love. Thank you for these blessings all the days of her life and theirs. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Sorry, Jill. I didn't mean to do that.
Amen. All right. Well, thank you everybody for celebrating uh, this occasion with us. We are just really, really excited about this. Amen. All right. Well, pastor is going to go ahead and do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings today. So who knows what time it is? Yes, it is happy time. God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. All right, ushers, go ahead and come on up. All right, hold up your hands and eat an envelope for your tithes and for your offerings. And open up your Bibles to 3 John, verse 2. 3 John, verse 2. Has anybody ever heard that verse before? Yeah, 3 John, verse 2. I'm always so happy to know that God's on my side when it comes to economic things, to finances. How many here have ever been challenged in in recent days, in recent months about money? Has anybody ever noticed that things cost a little bit more than they used to? And uh, that maybe sometimes things that you buy and pay a lot of money for, they need a little help to keep on going. Well, God told us right here in Third Job, verse two, where He stands, that you know, I, I think I think about this. A lot of people, because they don't read their Bibles, don't know the will of God when it comes to different areas of their life. Well, the Bible is the will of God. God's word is God talking, and God doesn't will one thing and then record another thing. What God wills is what He inspires men to write. So this is the same thing as Jesus talking to you personally. Now look what he said right here in 3 John verse 2. He said, Beloved, well right there tells you what he thinks about you. He loves you. He said, I wish or I pray, and I like this, above all things that thou mayest prosper. Above all things that thou mayest prosper. And I'm thinking about when I was a baby pastor back in 1992. I'd been pastor for just a few months, and the Lord told me he wanted me to teach a prosperity series about finances. And I was so shocked when I tried to teach it. He gave me this verse, and I got in front of a bunch of people, and I wouldn't read the whole verse. There's a lot more to that verse. I got up, and I said, above all things, God wants you to prosper. And I couldn't say anything else. He just kept stopping me right there to prosper. He wanted to emphasize that God said, above all things, he wants you to prosper. And then he says that be in health. And you think about life. What good does it do if somebody has all the money they need but they're dying of some incurable disease. Or they're sick all the time and they can't enjoy their money. Or what, what good does it do if somebody's never sick a day of their life, but they never have a dime? They're always broke. They never have enough to eat. They never have enough to pay their bills. But they got divine health. But God said, I want you to prosper and also have the health to go along with it to enjoy it. This is the will of God. I want you to stop and think about this. Because God's talking to you and God's talking to me right from the Bible. If you're praying today and seeking God about what are you going to do to pay this bill? What are you going to do about getting another car? What are you going to do about fixing this because it costs so much? And then you've got to get on Facebook. Does anybody know a good this and this? Does anybody have a free car? Does anybody know some place has got a house for rent that's nothing? And things like that. Well, God tells you right now, he said, I want you above all else to have more than enough. Think about this. God says, I want you to have the good health. He says, I don't want you to run from doctor to doctor and from person to person trying to figure out the cure. God says, I got it. He said, it's my will. Everybody say, it's God's will for me to prosper and live in good health. 
Now look at the rest of the verse. God tells you the key right here. This is the master key to having more than enough and to live in good health. It says, even as thy soul prospers. Even as thy soul prospers. And so God says the key to all this is to live a good spiritual life. He says, put him first even as your soul prospers. And so if you have a healthy soul, healthy spiritual life, that will spill out in your finances. When you have a healthy spiritual life, that means you're a person that believes the Bible about paying a tithe to God. That believes you're a person that believes in laying on of hands. You believe in loving people so your faith works. When your spiritual life is good, then God says the rest of it will follow. Amen? And so instead of following after money or following after all the latest cares, follow after Jesus. Follow his word. And he'll lead you to where money is that you need, where things are that you need. He'll lead you to where healing is, and you'll live in prosperity and good health. By the way, prosperity, prosperity in the original talk here says is having success on the road. He's talking about the road of life. On the journey of life, he says you'll have good success even as your soul prospers. That makes sense to everybody? Amen. And so just follow after Jesus, and you don't have to wonder the will of God concerning you having a better car a better job, a better house, or whatever you need. He says, it's my will. I want you to have it. Amen. Well, let's stand up, make our financial faith confession, and then you can bring them up to the altar and worship the Lord for your tithes and offerings, put them in the offering buckets up here. And I, I always like to say this when I, when I receive the offering for Jesus. I know that a lot of people do this online now. A lot of people, you know, don't actually bring something in to do it, but... In the Bible, he teaches, he wants you to worship him with your offerings, worship him with your tithes. And so I just really suggest that even if you don't have anything put in because you've already done it, then walk up the altar anyway and stay up here and worship with us when we worship him. And just on the way up, just be saying, Lord, I want to thank you that I know your will. I want to thank you, Lord, that we're doing what we know to do and what we don't know to do, you're doing for us. And above all else, Lord, on the road of life we're in, we want to thank you. It's going to be a prosperous journey and a healthy journey. Amen. And thank you for things like that. Well, let's make our confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Feel free to join us at the altar today for worship. Let's sing to the Lord together.
raise our hands together this morning. Amen. Man, I can tell the presence of God is in church today. Amen. And that's a really, really good thing for us if we've got open hearts uh, to listen and receive from him today. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you. And there's no doubt about it. You are the king of all kings. You are the Lord of all lords. You have the name that is above every other name. And we declare today that you are holy. You are set apart. There is nobody like you. There's nobody even close to you. And Lord, forgive us for any time that we've even begun to place something at the same level as you are in our lives. Lord, I thank you that there is nobody else that we would ever, ever, ever put above you, Lord. We will serve you. We will love you. We will bow our knee to you. Jesus, we thank you and we ask that you would have your way here today. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say, Lord. And I just pray that that we would have ears to hear and hearts to receive your word. We love you. We praise you, Jesus. You are holy. There is none other like you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just maybe sing the chorus again a little bit there, guys? And Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
You know, Jesus said in John chapter 4 that the time now is when the true worshipers will worship him in spirit and in truth. And what, what just happened here is, is uh, we weren't singing a song about how all the things God does for us. You know what I mean? Because we all like those. Those are pretty much everyone's favorites about how good God is to you and what he can do for you. But what you just sang there is what we would call an actual worship song where it had literally nothing to do with you. That was all about Jesus this time. And when you do that, you're entering into a level of holiness uh, because he's set apart, amen? There's nobody like him. And it does something for us a lot of times to sing songs about all the good things God can do for you. And I love that, and I love to sing that. But technically, that's a praise song. And what you just sang right there is a worship song where it was just all about how good King Jesus is, amen? And when you do that, amen, his presence, will enter the room in your life, but it takes a certain level of maturity and discipline to be able to totally get it off of you and only about Jesus. And you just did that this morning. And that's why you felt the presence of God for a few minutes here today. Amen. Can we give, can we raise our hands one more time? Amen. Father, we love you. And Jesus, the son, we love you. Holy spirit, we love you and we lift you on high today and we worship you and we thank you for who you are. And, and we just want you to have your way here today, Lord. Do what you want to do. And Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. It endures forever. Hallelujah. There's nobody like you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we give him some praise today? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you can make your way to your seats this morning. Praise the Lord. Isn't he good today? Amen. Who thinks that God's good? Who knows that God's good today? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what an awesome day to be together in the house of the Lord. And I mean, I just love it. I can tell that the, you know, so many of you got the joy of the Lord on you this morning and the peace of God. And that just makes for a really great day for everybody. Amen. Well, we're going to be getting into the word here. Now, who recalls what we've been talking about on Sunday mornings? Grown-ups, amen. Who in here feels like you're growing up a little bit? All right, hey. Well, then we are, we're getting somewhere with this. That's the whole goal of it, is to start getting us somewhere. And of course, we're referring to, uh, growing up spiritually speaking. And, uh, and so, you know, a lot of this has been applicable to regular old natural life, but our main focus has been spiritually speaking. And today we're going to be talking about a wonderful topic of maturity, and that is the ability to control your mouth. Amen. Who thinks that sounds like that could do you a lot of good? Yeah, man, that'd change your life if you learned that one. Hey, if you need an uh, outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you and uh, and you can do that. Amen. You follow along with us. I want to open up this morning by turning to James chapter three. Now, you'll notice on your outline, there is a lot of verses, and believe me, I trimmed the verse count that I wanted to do, like, in a third, because there is so many verses on this topic. It is incredible, but what we're talking about this morning is uh, the importance of controlling your mouth, and I am just going to blitz you with some verses this morning, especially for the book of Proverbs. In a few minutes, we'll be playing the lightning round. Who's ready for the lightning round? 
Who knows what the lightning round is? Probably not. Okay. That's when we're going to like spit off 10 proverbs all at once here in a few minutes. So, uh, but it's going to be great. So we're looking this morning here. Uh, going to open up with James chapter three, James chapter three. The lightning round's coming, all right? James chapter 3, and we're going to look here at verses 1 through 2. Uh, on your own time, you could definitely uh, read all the way through verse 12, and it would do you a whole world of good. But we're just going to read these first couple of verses here this morning for the sake of time. So James chapter 3. Verses 1 and 2, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Hold on, wait a minute. I've always wanted to be a preacher. I've always wanted to be a teacher. Well, hey, some days it's fun, but some days it's real scary because you get judged differently than everybody else. No, no, no. God judges everybody the same. Well, you can think that, but according to the Bible, it's not true. Uh, somebody that is a teacher, a preacher, a minister, they get judged harder than other people do. And that's just the fact of the matter. And so, uh, you know, but hey, praise God, it's the word. And so uh, you got to accept that. Look at verse two, though. Here, here's what we're getting at. This whole thing is primarily this whole chapter about the importance of you controlling your mouth. So verse 2, it says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. Amen? Do we all make many mistakes? I know I have. For if we could control our tongues or our mouths or our words, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. That is a powerful statement right there. And he goes on to say that that the, the mouth is the most powerful part of your entire body. And he says, you can make an entire horse. You can control a horse just by controlling its mouth. And I mean, you know, a good horse, can, I don't I don't know, weigh 800, 1,000 pounds, something like that. And you can control this entire thousand pound creature, not by getting a hold of its abdomen, not by getting a hold of its neck, but by getting a little bit this big, you put it in its mouth, you can control the whole thing. He said, you can control in these other verses, an entire ship just by a little rudder. You can steer this entire thing by one little piece and your entire life can be controlled by your mouth. You got to get that today. Your the entire direction of your life comes down to the words that you speak. I didn't say it. James said it in the Bible. You can control your entire life if you can get control of your mouth. In fact, he goes he goes so far as to say if you could completely control your mouth and your words, you could literally I mean be you would be perfect and could control every area of your life. And so someone's like, "I want to get more disciplined in my exercise." I want to get more disciplined in this. I want to get more disciplined in that. Well, if you would start by getting disciplined and controlling your mouth, everything else would come together. I didn't say it. James said it. Amen. And so if instead of focusing on this area, that area, that area, if you would focus on controlling your mouth, you could control every area of your life. Now, here's the hard part, though, about controlling your mouth. It may sound simple, but it's literally about the hardest thing that you've ever done in your life. Anybody that it's a little bit of a struggle sometimes, the thoughts come in and it's just like a vacuum. They go right out. That's not good. 
That's not good. Believe me, there are some things that were not meant to come out of your mouth. And some people defend that like, well, that's just the way I am. Well, that's just the thing you need to change then. You're wondering, man, why can't I, why can't I get control of this? Why does this always happen to me? Control your mouth. Now, as I was praying last night in bed, getting ready for church today, uh, this came to me from the Holy Spirit, and I wrote this down, and I even put it on the screen, and I think it's on your outline there, but listen, the number one sign that you're saved is your love for others. In fact, Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this shall all men know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So the number one sign that you're saved is your love for others. The number one sign that you're mature is you control your mouth. I believe that. I mean, if I want to find out if somebody is saved, Jesus said you can judge a tree by its fruit. All we got to do is see how you love other people. If you're mean, nasty, and rude, and hateful, then I don't think you're saved. Amen? Well, don't say that. Well, you know, Jesus said it, all right? Now, here's the thing, though. If we want to find out if you're mature... The number one way we could look at is the words that come out of your mouth. If you've got no control and just anything and everything comes spilling out, then you're a mess and you're not a mature Christian. I should have read all of James 3, but if you go further on down there, he says, hey, does fresh water come out of a salt water? No, 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 no. Yeah, and and so he's, in fact, let's just go there. I wasn't going to, but now I'm going to. All right, James 3, let's just go down to, oh, goodness gracious. Let's go down to... Uh, verse 9, all right? This won't be on the screen, so party like it's 1990 and open your Bible. All right, look at number uh, verse 9. He's uh, talking about your mouth. It says, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. When you curse another human, when you call them a name, when you call them fat, ugly, stupid, whatever, you're cursing God and saying God made a mistake on that person. That takes some guts and that takes some pride right there. And you better watch out because pride comes before the fall. Someone should say amen today. Verse 10, it says, and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the exact same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grape tree produce figs? No, they don't. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Amen. And so would you say that the scripture takes it somewhat serious, the words that we speak out of our mouth? Amen. And so the Christian mouth was meant for praise, not for curses and venom and negativity. And and James said, man, this don't make no sense to me. This is not right. The same mouth that was just in here at the altar praising God is going to walk out the door and curse somebody that God made. That's not right. That ain't right. And here's the deal, you know, you answer to God for it someday. And so whether, you know, you just think, well, that's how I am. Well, praise God, you know, whatever. You'll answer to God someday for it. And that's not a pleasant conversation. James 1.19, okay? We're getting ready to get to the lightning round, all right? We're, it's coming. But I, we got to look at this. James 1.19. Man, I think that I picked too broad of a topic for one sermon, but we're going to try our best here. James 1.19. 
And verse 19, and so he says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Who thinks that just that verse, if you obeyed only that verse, who thinks that would absolutely change your life? And the thing is, most people do it in reverse. They are quick to get angry, quick to speak, and slow to listen. And I mean, my goodness, that will get you in more trouble than you could ever even handle. Now, I believe that if the Bible were written in 2023, which it's not, I would never add to it. But I believe that it would just make a little caveat for that. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to type or text onto the Internet and slow to get angry. Because some of y'all are nasty. You say some nasty things on the Internet and that's just as bad as saying it out of your mouth. Somebody asked me one time, this was, this was in the 90s actually, I was a kid and people would ask me because I was a preacher's kid, Bible questions because they were, I guess, too embarrassed to ask my dad. But anyway, an adult came to me in like 1998 and was like, hey, I've got a question. Um, now, is it okay if I don't say the cuss words out of my mouth, but I just write them down on paper to people? And even, you know, as a young child, I was like, pretty sure you can't do that either. I'm... I'm <laughs> Not totally certain, but I'm pretty sure you shouldn't do that either. Why? Because it all means the same thing. Amen? And so, just because you don't say it, but you type it or text it, that ain't good. Amen? All right, well, I want to go to the lightning round now because I think that we're just going to blitz this, all right? We're going to nail about five Proverbs in a row right here really fast, and then the whole sermon is just full of Proverbs, but it's going to be wild. So let's go quick. Let's go quick. Starting off with Proverbs 10, 19. Amen. Let's hear some excitement for the Word of God today. Proverbs 10, 19. We're going to blitz these Proverbs because they're, I mean, if you read the book of Proverbs, it talks a lot about your mouth and your words. And the scripture tells us that Solomon was the wisest person to ever live. So Proverbs 10 and verse 19, we're going to get going into these. Here we go. Let's go. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Someone say amen. Proverbs 15, 28. We're in the lightning round. Proverbs 15, 28. Are you getting those fingers fast? Amen. Back in the day in, in Sunday school and children's church, we do these things called sword drill, where the teacher would just give you a random verse. You had to flip there as fast as you could. Amen. Because the Bible is called the sword of the spirit. Anyway. All right. So Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. What? Godly people, they think before they speak. It is a ungodly character trait to just say things without thinking them through. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. Not good. Proverbs 17, 27 through 28. Proverbs 17, 27 through 28. Man, it's hard to not just sit there and preach on every verse, but there's too many. Proverbs 17, verses 27 through 28. It says a truly wise person uses few words. I mean, listen, I've just noticed people that talk a lot tend to get into a lot of trouble that they could avoid. All right, let's keep going. A person with understanding is even tempered. Verse 28 is just pure fire. You're going to love this. It says even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouth shut, they actually seem intelligent. 
Good answer. I feel like we're on family feud today. Even if it was a bad answer, you got to clap and act like it was good. Amen. And so even if you're a fool, if you'll just keep your mouth shut, nobody will know. They'll think you're really smart. Amen. And so that's something to keep in mind. Let's hit one more before we get into the outline. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Who's enjoying the lightning round of Proverbs? Oh, man, these are good. Proverbs 21, verse 23. It doesn't get any more simple than this. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. Well, why? And you will stay out of trouble. And if you watch your mouth and, and, and keep your mouth shut, you will stay out of trouble. Was any of that mean? No, that's truth. That's love. God's word is love. Amen. And we're telling you today, if we're going to grow, if we're going to mature in the Lord, the number one sign is that you can control your words and control your mouth. All right. And so we're going to get into the outline here. We're going to look at three different areas of controlling your mouth. Who's excited about this? I, I sense the excitement in the room. I mean, I just, I, I just feel it. Maybe not, but anyway. All right. So three areas we're going to talk about controlling your mouth. If you're going to be a spiritually mature person, number one, from negativity, you're going to guard your mouth. Number one, from negativity. Now, some people think that words aren't really that important, but the truth of the matter is that they are way more important than you'll ever realize. They're, they're super important. Why are words so important? Because words come from a deeper place. The words you speak come out of what is actually in your heart. No, they don't. It's just whatever's on my mind. Well, no, no. According to what Jesus said, write it down. Matthew 12, 34, Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4, Matthew 12, 34. Jesus said, whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Or the King James says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if somebody, when, you know, when someone says something really cruel and mean, and then they get, you know, they get called out for it and they're like, I didn't mean it. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah. Absolutely a minute, because whatever is in your heart comes out of your mouth. I didn't say it. Jesus said it out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. And so if we go around saying negative, doubt filled, fearful words all the time, there is no way that we're truly living in faith. And we also know from studying scripture uh, that that the words we speak will eventually come to pass in our life. The words that we speak will eventually come to pass in our life. And I mean, we won't turn there, but also Mark 11, 23 and 24, it says that you will have whatsoever you say. And that's, again, that can be used in a very positive way or in a negative way, but you will have whatsoever you say. Now we're in, we're in Proverbs. Look at Proverbs 18, 21. Amen. Gotta go there. This verse is classic. This verse is a staple for us at this church. Proverbs 18, 21. Amen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Whoop. Proverbs 18, 21. Come on. 
Anybody? No? Someone? Help me. All right. Don't make me do this alone. Proverbs 18, 21. In the King James, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And in the NLT, it says, The tongue, or your words, can bring death or life. Like, no, death? Oh, yeah. They can kill different areas of your life. But look at this. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Now, that's not all bad. This could be really good because if you go around saying faith-filled, positive things, amen, if you go around speaking the word of God over your life, this is super good news. But if we go around speaking negative things like, man, my back is killing me. What? God, I'm going to die. Seriously? I hate that. What? Come on. Knock it off. Man, this stinks. This whatever. I can't believe it. I hate it. Blah, 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 blah. Could you step over there? I mean, get get your barf away from me, man. That's sick. Listen. You go around talking like that all the time. No wonder there is a negative cloud that follows you everywhere. Death and life are all in the power of your words, in the power of your tongue. And we will reap the consequences of our words. And so if you're facing a bad situation, don't go around speaking death and negativity over it. Speak life. Speak life. If you don't like your coworkers, quit complaining about them and start speaking positive words over them. Jesus said to bless those who curse you. And the literal word he used there is to speak well of. He said, speak well of those who speak bad of you. When I worked at FedEx, there was this guy that just made my life miserable. He picked on me. I was 18 years old. He made fun of me. He picked on me. And and he just, he, he went out of bounds a lot. I'm just going to be honest. And he made fun of me. You're, you're getting your, I got engaged at 18. And he's making fun of me and saying all that. I mean, I don't even. I, I won't. I won't repeat the things that he said. I'll just. I'll stop there. But I, it was funny for a minute. Then after a while, you know, you can take a little ribbing for a little bit. But after a while, it kind of gets annoying, right? And so every day, man, he'd come in. Here comes Bible boy. Blah 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 blah. And like, you know, hey, yeah. If that's the worst thing you could say about me, then. I can live with that. I'm good with that. But nonstop. And so finally, man, I just didn't even want to go into work. And and I've been taught this my entire life. My words are powerful. I can just take authority over this situation. And so every day on the way in there, I would start speaking faith over this. I, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that his mouth is silenced. He's not going to puke all over me and my day. And all, No, in Jesus' name, his mouth is silenced. And on top of that, we're going to end up becoming good friends and he's going to speak well of me and I'm going to speak well of him. And once you know it, I mean a few days of doing that, it was a 180 degree turn. This guy loved me. And if anybody else wanted to pick on me, they had to answer to him. It was, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, how did that happen? I didn't speak magic words. Here's the deal. I spoke words of faith, but I actually believed them. 
You can't just, you know, um, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, uh, I'm a millionaire. People do that, and they don't act, you know, that's nonsense, that's stupid. Listen, you got to speak words of faith in line with the Bible and actually believe them. If you don't actually believe them, then, you know, whatever. But I promise you, man, it turned a situation around. But guard your mouth from negativity. Who thinks that they should do that today? Guard it, man. Stop it. When I had leukemia, my parents weren't in denial, but they certainly weren't sitting there saying, man, uh, yeah, what, what if he dies? My boy's going to die. Blah, 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 blah. No, they spoke faith words every day over me. Amen. And if somebody came that wanted to, you know, have a pity party, we valued their love. I value everybody's love. But at the same time, pity and saying, oh man, it's a shame. A three and a half year old dying. Oh, it's a shame. It's a pitiful shame. Listen, there's a loving way to stiff arm that and get it away from you. Right? Stiff arm them in love. Amen. We love you. Go out the door. Amen. And that's not rude. That's not rude. And, And here's the thing. It may sound crazy and mean, but it's not crazy and mean that I'm alive 30 something years later. Amen. Right. Hey, and so you just got to determine what you value and you've got to value your words. Negative words are also detrimental to your children. Did you know that? Uh, the Institute of Family Relations did a survey that asked moms to keep track of how many times they made negative compared with positive comments to their kids. And they admitted that they criticized 10 times for every one time they said something favorable. I'm like, wow, that's probably not the best news I've ever heard in the world. And then a three-year survey in one city's schools found that teachers were 75% negative in the things they said. The study indicated that it takes four positive statements from a teacher or parent to offset the effects of one negative statement to a child. I'm just presenting that for your consideration. Do with that what you're going to do. I just wanted to throw that in. That was bonus content, all right? And so guard your mouth from negativity. Number two, number two. Oh, I forgot this is on here. Hey, number two, guard your mouth from, Maylee, gossip. All right, I appreciate the enthusiasm. It's usually a highly popular topic amongst Christians. And so we're going to talk about Guard your mouth from gossip. Well, what does this have to do with? This has to do with us growing up. Growing up spiritually. Immature people gossip like little junior hires. I'm going to take a drink. Just hold on to that. Now listen. If I could pinpoint one defining sign of an immature Christian, other than the lack of, of walking in love, which actually these do go in hand in hand, the number one, I mean, would be somebody that gossips. Mature Christians don't gossip. That's a straight up black and white statement. That's not a gray area. Mature Christians don't talk about other people. How did it get that? A minute ago, you were all hooping and hollering when I said, he wants you blessed. He wants you healed. He wants you. And now you're all uh, quiet as a, uh, wow, okay. Amen. Well, here goes my gossip story. So when I, when I first, uh, when we first got married, I was working, uh, at a fast food restaurant making $6 an hour. So needless to say, you know, there were hard times sometimes, but God's good. And so I worked here and I don't know, man, I, I, 
all the workers, all the people I worked with were horrendous gossipers. Now, every one of them, uh, by their own uh, admission, were they said they were Christians. I don't. I mean, they said they were, and so. You know, they, you could, you could talk a little Bible. Amen. God is good all the time. Amen. Hey, did you hear what so-and-so did? And, and, and I've never been surrounded by such horrific gossiping. Now here's the embarrassing part that I started somehow getting sucked in to the vacuum of gossip. And, and I started doing it too. I'm embarrassed, but they would come in and be like, did you see what she was wearing? And I, girl, I sure did. That was, oh my gosh. Oh, she's got some nerve. And uh, it was, it was bad. It was so bad. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. It was bad. And so did you see what the night shift did? They didn't even sweep out. I'm like, dude, ain't that just like them? They're always doing something like that. And, And after a while, man, I was just in a pretty consistent foul mood. Because somebody that gossips is generally, I don't know, I feel a very foul-mooded person. And, and that was me. And so, after a while, I mean, I just started feeling like, yuck. Like, ugh. Just dirty. Yuck. And it finally dawned on me, man, you know, I've been raised in church. I've been raised in the Bible. This is kindergarten level Christianity. This is not, you don't have to go through a theological seminary to understand what I'm saying right now. It is not right to talk about other people. And so the Lord really revealed it to me one day, like, man, you're a gossip and you listen to all their junk and you repeat all their junk. You're just as bad as all of them. And that hurt because one thing about a gossip, all right, one thing about a gossip, they never want to be told that they're a gossip. <laughs> I didn't want to hear it, but God told me, so I had to, you know, what could you do? But I'll just tell you that right now. I've never met somebody that's a gossip that if you were to say, man, that's gossip. No, it's not. Because one of the main girls that I worked with, she, oh, I, I got ahead of myself. So the Lord tells me, get away from that. You're not allowed to do that anymore. And so sure enough, the next morning I go in, all the girls are gathered around with the, you know, the latest, you know, tidbits for the day. And, and they're all gathered around and I just walk in with my visor and, you know, no skid shoes and my shirt tucked into my pants. And I go in there and I'm getting ready to start working. And, and they're like, did you see what she, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I, that's gossip, and I don't want to partake in that anymore. And they looked at me like I had just, like, insulted their mom or something. They're like, <gasps> and then here's what she said. She said, it's not gossip if it's true. And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> it is, yeah. Absolutely it is. And so they were offended, and I'm pretty sure that I was the next topic of conversation, but I'm okay with that. Amen. I'm, I'm fine with it. And so I had to make a quality decision to own up to it that I'm not going to participate in the gossip, and it's also bad to listen to the gossip. Proverbs chapter 6, let's go there. I told you, lots of Proverbs today. There's more coming, so just hold your place in Proverbs, right? So, in Proverbs chapter 6, there is a list of seven things the Lord hates. Seven things the Lord hates. Some people call this passage the seven deadly sins. Well, in this passage is uh, is gossip. It is literally labeled as one of the things that the Lord hates. Hates. Proverbs 6, 19, it says he hates a 
false witness who pours out lies. And look at this, a person who sows discord in a family or discord amongst the brethren. And so somebody that sows seeds of discord, that is strife, that is fighting, that is gossip. When somebody does this, God doesn't dislike gossip. He hates gossip. And don't ever think that you're going to be a mature Christian and take on the giant and part the Red Sea and, and, and walk through the fire like Shadrach, Meshach. You will never do any of those things if you are a gossip and you can't control your mouth. This isn't mean. This is trying to take us to a whole other level in life today. Amen. And so as bad as it is to speak gossip, I said this a minute ago, it's also not right to listen to the gossip. Proverbs 26, 20. I heard a story that the great preacher D.L. Moody from a very long time ago, he told a story about a woman in a small town who was known for being the, the town gossip. Well, one day uh, she took a vacation to Chicago and she took a tour of the Chicago Daily News, the newspaper. She was wearing a white dress and accidentally leaned against a wall where a freshly printed copy of the front, of the front page of the paper was hanging for that day. Well, it was a hot and humid day and she leaned back against it, not realizing that it was there. And some of the, the words came off on the back of her dress. And right across the top of her dress said, the daily news. Daily news. And she was walking down the street. And she noticed people like looking at her. And she's, she's, she's walking up to her husband. And, and, uh, and she, she, she asked him, like, honey, is there something that doesn't belong on my back? Everyone's looking at me. Is there something that doesn't belong there? And her husband read it and like... Uh, no, believe me, nothing is there that does not belong there, okay? <laughs> he knew it. All right, all right. Proverbs 26, 20, all right? Check it out. Fire goes out without wood, and quarrels, fighting, disappear when gossip stops. How do you stop gossip? Well, one, you don't participate, but two, you don't give it a place to be deposited. You Shut your ears. You walk away. You say, man, no, that's, that don't, don't, I don't want to hear that. That, let, let's pray for them. Amen. But you, you, you don't speak it out and you also don't give an ear to the gossip. You squash it. And what do you do when you're doing that? You're taking the wood out of the fire. You're taking the fuel out of the fire. Who believes that a mature Christian does not gossip? Man, I heard one more story of a, a prosecuting attorney in a small town courthouse. He called his first witness to the stand. She was an elderly woman. He approached her and, and he asked, uh, Mrs. Jones, do you know me? She responded, yes, I know you, Mr. Williams. I've known you since you were a young boy. And frankly, you've been a big disappointment to me. He's like, hmm? Didn't see that coming. She said, you lie, you cheat, you manipulate people, you talk about them behind their backs, and you think you're a rising big shot, but you haven't the brains to realize you'll never amount to anything more than a two-bit paper pusher. Yes, I know you. 
And he was like, uh, he was stunned. He didn't know what to do. So he points across the courtroom to the defense attorney. He's like, uh, Mrs. Jones, do you know the defense attorney? And she replied, yes, I do, actually. I've known Mr. Bradley since he was a young boy, too. I used to babysit him. And he, too, has been a real disappointment to me. He's lazy. He's bigoted. He has a drinking problem. That man can't build a normal relationship with anyone. And his law practice is one of the worst in the entire state. I know him. At this point, the judge silenced the whole courtroom and called both attorneys to his desk. And he quietly said, if either of you ask her if she knows me, I will hold both of you in contempt of court. (laughs) Now, this may all sound like a joke. But in all seriousness, we've got to control our mouths. And I heard a pastor, I didn't put this on the screen, so, uh, but, but one pastor came up with an acronym to help his people quit gossiping. And the acronym is the word THINK, T-H-I-N-K, THINK, all right? And so it, it, here, here's the questions to ask yourself. For T, is it true? T, is it true? H, is it Helpful. Is it helpful? I. Is it inspiring? That means is it uplifting? Is it inspiring? N. Is it necessary? Is it necessary? And K. Is it kind? Is it true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, or kind? So if what I'm about to say does not pass those tests, I will keep my mouth shut. I mean, again, not, not complicated stuff, but if what I'm about to say does not pass any of those tests right there, I will choose to keep my mouth shut. And out of all the addictions that people have, and believe me, gossip is an addiction, of all the addictions that people have, I by far feel this is the most easily conquerable addiction. And so if it's been an issue for you, hey, stop it. Quit. Choose to walk away. Like that old drug commercial with Michael Jordan in the 80s. Stop it. Get some help. Amen? All right. Praise God. That's all I got to say on that. And here's what I want to get to. Number three. Number three. We're talking about guarding your mouth. Number one, from negativity. Number two, from gossip. And number three, for faith. Guard your mouth and use it for words of faith. Now, earlier we read and we quoted and we wrapped Proverbs 18, 21, right? Death and life are the power of the tongue. And so that verse shows us both sides of the coin, that words can be good or they can be bad. And and and, and just like our words can can destroy things, clearly our words can create things. And so... I'm telling you today that instead of only playing defense and stopping yourself from speaking wrong words, play on the offense side too and speak positive words. Score some faith points with your words. Amen. And you know, it's like playing basketball. Like you got to have good defense. You have to stop the other team from scoring 
But in the end, you've also got to get some shots into the basket of your own too, right? You've also got to score some points. And so as we're talking about guarding our mouth, no doubt about it, we got to play a lot of defense and stop the wrong words from coming out. But you also need to start scoring some points by speaking the right words, speaking the Bible, speaking positive words over your life. I have literally been taught this my entire life, probably since the day I was born. And I promise you, this works. It works. If faith is in your heart, it needs to come out of your mouth. All right. I think I'm going to look at two more verses here. Romans 10, 8. Let's go there. Romans 10, 8. Are you with me still? Romans 10, 8. And we are talking about guarding our mouth, controlling our words. Amen. Controlling our words. And this is a sure sign that we are getting somewhere in our maturity with the Lord. And so Romans 10 and verse 8. Now, a lot of people, for good reason, know Romans 10, 9 and 10. It is literally the verses that tell you the way to salvation, that, that tell you if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But let's look here at verse 8. I'm going to look at it in the New King James. Romans 10, 8. It says, but what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And some people hear the phrase word of faith. They're like, well, what's that all about? It's a Bible phrase. The word, what does word of faith mean? It means that you've got the word in your heart and coming out of your mouth. And I promise you that this concept, this Bible doctrine can change your life forever. Speak the word out of your heart. And so the word of faith message, what we're talking about here, this isn't complicated, but it is more than kindergarten Christianity. It's not complicated, but it's not something that everybody just gets on day one because a whole lot of Christians never realize this truth and never take advantage of this absolute life-changing Bible doctrine. And so if sickness comes against me, I can either sit there saying, oh man, I feel like I'm going to die. This stinks. Why me? Life's not fair. Or I can say things like, in the name of Jesus, I am healed. I can quote Bible verses. Matthew 8, 17. Jesus took my sickness and removed my disease. Amen. You start speaking the word of God over yourself. Now, if you want more of what you've already got, then keep speaking it out all day long. If you want to see some things change, start speaking some different things out of your mouth. Man, my family's poor. We've always been poor. We're broke, man. We're so broke, we can't even afford to pay attention. I mean, I mean, people say just dumb stuff all the time. And listen, don't say that unless you enjoy being broke. But listen, when poverty tries to come to your family, or maybe it's been a generational thing, start speaking the word of God. My dad just gave you a dynamite verse for blowing poverty right out of the water. Third John 2, 
Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. What about Philippians 4.19? My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. What about Psalm 37 verse 4 where it says, If you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Somebody. Amen. And so... What do you do, man? If things are bad, quit talking bad. Start talking good. And if you don't know where to start, get at least one Bible verse to start speaking out of your mouth, man. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Get some Bible in there. Get it coming out of your mouth. And so I'm telling you today, the word of faith is this. It's that the word is in your heart and it is coming out of your mouth. And it all sounds crazy until it actually works. And then the people making fun of you are the crazy ones. And so one time, I remember this is about four or five years ago, I needed a certain amount of money by the end of the month. And, uh, and, and, and listen, this was a real need. This wasn't me being stupid. I had some things happen and I was, I needed it. And so this wasn't me saying I'm claiming a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or a helicopter or, you know, this wasn't foolish stuff. This wasn't me being lazy. Uh, this was just the real deal. And I I said, you know what? I prayed number one and then I told what I, the Lord, what do you man? I need this amount by this date. And I claimed it. You can't do that. Well, watch me. <laughs> Cause I did. And so I said, Lord, I claim in the name of Jesus that this amount of money is coming in by this date. Well, Sunday night, the guy walks up to me and, uh, just to prove that the Lord can use anybody. This was not a spiritual man, really. <laughs> he was, he was spiritually immature, but he comes up to me and he's like, man, I just feel like I can't help it. I, I think the Lord's telling me that you are in, you, you got, you need some extra money. Is that right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, how much is it? And, uh, the man was unspiritual, but he was in a spot that he could just do something. And I was like, no, I'm not going to tell you if God told you, I'm just going to let the Lord tell you and whatever God tells you, you know, that, just, that's fine. And he's like, okay, well, uh, I'm I'm going to come to your house, you know, after church. I was like, okay. So he walks in the door. He's like, I prayed. This is what God told me. Have a nice night. And I thanked him, blessed him. I opened up this envelope. It was down to the dollar, the exact amount of money. I swear the exact amount of money down to the dollar that I told God that I needed and that I claimed. And so, Hey, well, I don't believe in that. That's fine, man. If you doubt it, do without it. Amen. The rest of us are having a great time living our life. And so he supplies the need. Amen. And this wasn't foolishness. This was the real deal. All right. One final thing. And then I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. I promise after this. Uh, Matthew 8. Matthew 8 verses 8 through 10. Real quick. Matthew 8 verses 8 through 10. Because what we have here is a perfect example of Your maturity level does not depend on how long you've been going to church or how long, you know, you've been memorizing scripture. It all comes down to how much Bible you obey. Because there's people even here, you know, that have maybe been saved a year or two that are more mature than people that have been saved 50 years. Why? Well, some people actually do the Bible. Amen. And that's that's where you start seeing maturity come into effect. And this story proves that point exactly because right here uh, in Matthew chapter 8, a Roman 
army officer. So this is not a Jewish man. This is not somebody that got raised going to the synagogue every Sabbath. This is a man that was probably not raised in a very godly way. He's a, a Gentile, a Roman army officer. He comes to Jesus for the healing of his paralyzed servant. And Jesus is like, hey, yeah, I'll come heal him. Where's he at? But this man says something that astounds Jesus and sends a ripple effect throughout the whole area. So Matthew 8, verse 8, New King James, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. I love the King James says, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. What's up with that? Well, this dude, he had the revelation of how powerful the word of God is. There ain't nothing more powerful than Jesus. The words of Jesus. And if Jesus said, man, this is what's going to happen. That's the word of God. And this guy said, Jesus, I don't even want to waste your time. I'm not even worthy for you to come into my house. If you would just say something that's all it's going to take. And look at the reaction of Jesus. I love it. Well, I'll finish what this guy said. Uh, verse 9. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. He was amazed. And he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. He's like, I haven't even seen anybody have faith like this, not even amongst the, the children of God. I've never seen something like this. What Jesus was saying, he used a very, very uh, unique phrase right here that you don't just see Jesus say all the time. He said that this guy not only had faith, he said... This guy has great faith. This guy almost has a, has a, a, a mature faith. This man had reached a level of greatness and maturity and being grown up in a very short amount of time. Why? Because he believed Jesus. And he knew the power of words. He said, man, you know what? Just speak the word only and it's going to happen. That's faith in words. And so what are we telling you guys today? We're telling you this. There's power in your words. And if we're going to grow up, if we're going to mature in the Lord, we're going to play a lot of defense on shutting the mouth because Proverbs very clearly shows us that the more we talk, typically the more trouble we get ourselves into. And the word also showed us that the more words of faith that we speak, the more we're going to see the mountains in our life be thrown into the sea, Mark 11, 23 and 24. We're going to see the mountains be thrown into the sea and miraculous things happen in our lives. And so I'm just saying one more time, hey, the number one way to tell if you're saved is if you love other people. The number one way to tell if you're mature and growing up is when you start controlling your mouth. Amen. Did we receive the word of God together today? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I'm going to have Pastor Josh be up here to lead us in some worship this morning. Amen. I'm going to have my prayer team come on up.
Now, the biggest thing, one of the most important words you could ever speak, we were just right by there in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. It's with the heart that we actually believe. And so it takes two parts of you. It takes your heart believing and it takes your mouth saying. And so I want to lead us in a prayer today. Uh, for salvation. And I know that, hey, most people in here, uh, I know you, you know, you're following the Lord, you're serving God. But we also know that we never want to take for granted that there could be somebody that has never really, truly received Jesus. Maybe they've repeated a prayer, but I mean, a, a parrot can do that. You can go get a bird and do that. We're talking about, you got to believe it in your heart or it doesn't count. It doesn't work. And so I want to pray with you today and, and give you the chance to confess Jesus, but most important of all, believe it. And when we do this, it tells us, Hey, we're saved. And that's the turning point for everything. Can we pray this prayer together? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father, say this with me. Father in Jesus name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise today? Hallelujah. Well, this is my friend Jose right over here. Hey, if you uh, if you prayed that prayer today and you're ready to really start taking your relationship with Jesus seriously and you'd like to have somebody that we call a spiritual personal trainer uh, team up with you over the next 30 days, they will text you some verses every day and a devotion. They'll pray with you. They'll talk to you if you want to talk and they'll be a mentor for 30 days to help you really get started on the path the right way. If you want that, come talk to Jose while we're praying for everybody here. He'll get your information and we'll hook you up with somebody this week that could be a spiritual personal trainer for you. Amen. All right. If you're here and you need prayer for anything at all, we want to be in agreement with you. We're going to take just a few minutes to do this. And as we do this, uh, I'm asking that you remain reverent in the sanctuary. Uh, we've been preaching on this. It's a new thing we're doing as we grow. So as we're praying for people up here, I ask you to be respectful and reverent wherever you're at. Please don't talk to your neighbors. Please don't Google who's winning, you know, the all-star game or whatever. Uh, what you need to do is you either worship God or you pray for those that are receiving prayer. Amen. And then if you need prayer, come on up, but give God about five more minutes and then you can go have, you know, do whatever it is you do on a Sunday afternoon. Amen. All right, let's go. Cause you make mountains move. You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now
standing on your word A calling heaven down to earth And you will fight my enemies And this will end in victory And I will believe it I will believe it Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now You were faithful then You'll be faithful now And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now You were faithful then You'll be faithful now And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt You were faithful then You'll be faithful now Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt You were faithful then You'll be faithful now 
people really received the word today. I, I sense that that a lot of people really received the word of God. And so I encourage you that uh, if you're one that did receive it, to put it into practice, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And just watch, man, what God can start doing in your life and in your environment as you uh, begin to really guard your mouth and, and use the right words. Amen. Well, there is service tonight. Six o'clock, pastor's bringing the word. It's going to be incredible. And then membership class, four to 7 p.m., right over here in Victory Hall. So if you've signed up, and a whole lot of you have, uh, make sure that we're here at four. Uh, yes, the snacks are provided, and there's drinks and coffee and everything else. So it's going to be a really uh, incredible time. Bring a, a, some, a pen and a Bible so you can follow along with all that we're going to go over. But it's going to be really, really a great night, okay? So let's go ahead, and we'll dismiss in prayer. We'll be reverent to the ministry taking place up here, and then you can be dismissed to go get your kids and whatnot. Amen. Can we raise our hands together today? Amen. I like how the Apostle Paul said that holy men uh, should raise their hands in prayer. And so we do that. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for the word that we've received today, Lord. And and, and we're so grateful that, that your word is not there to, to condemn us or to, to judge us, Lord, but your word is there to, to show us the right way. David said that your word is a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. And I believe today that the word we've seen has lit up the path for us, Lord, to show us the direction we need to go so we can grow in the Lord and go to the next level. And so thank you, Jesus, for how good you are. And Lord, we ask that you would use us this week to be the light of the world everywhere that we go so we could show your love to those around us and we could preach the gospel to every creature because we know you're coming back soon. We love you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen today? 
Amen. All right. Well, we're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow and then you are dismissed. Amen. Let's say it. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you tonight.